don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. And as you can see, today will be our first video edition of the VRA Investing Podcast. Looking forward, we've been talking about making this a, a video for a long time now as well. So looking forward to taking this next step, the most logical evolution in the podcast, uh, and bringing you some more features over the next weeks and months as well. Uh, we'll get to the point where we're doing some screen shares as well to take you through charts, take you through specifics of the VRA investing system, and many more things. So looking forward to doing that with you here. Uh, still, you'll be able to find our podcast in audio format on all of our traditional platforms like SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and all of the others out there. In addition, now we'll also have our video version on YouTube as well. So anybody who's on our email list, you'll be getting our emails every day uh, with the link for the video in this here as well. So let's see how it goes. Looking forward to, to bringing you the podcast in this format as well. So jumping into the market action on the day today, it was a bit of a mixed day for our market. Certainly another interesting one though. Uh, got some weakness this morning. Then our market showed some strength through midday. We finished mixed on the day, but it's been a nice pattern change the last two sessions from what we had from Thursday of last week to Tuesday of this week, where we got strong opens and weak closes. That is not a pattern that you want to see if you're bullish on the market uh, as we are here at the VRA. So yesterday we got a strong session today, a little bit mixed, but seeing a lot of positive out there as well. And one advantage to this action that we've seen over the last week or so has been in an investor's sentiment, absolutely plunging despite, I mean, we are still at these levels, one and a half, two percent away, less than one and a half percent away in some of our indexes from all time highs. But investor sentiment remains heavily bearish here. Check this out. Looking at the AAII investors sentiment survey, bulls fell a massive 17% this week, falling down to just 22.4% of investors are now bullish on this market. Again, we're 1.3% away from all time highs right now. And we just hit the lowest reading of bulls since June of 2020. Uh, bears also seeing a massive surge this week as well. Bears increased by 12% to a 39.2% of, of investors now bearish on the market. Folks, that's the highest level since October of last year as well. As contrarians, which we are here at the VRA, that's the kind of stuff that we love to see, makes us want to aggressively own this market. If you would have owned any major index last year from when either one of these readings took place, June or October, yes, of course, there are pullbacks along the way, but you would have been very happy with your investment if you held into today. So that's where we, we see that we're where we are now. We'd love to see the fear building 
because uh, our markets love to climb a wall of worry. And as contrarians, we love to be on the other side of the majority here in the market. Now, the fear has been building, not without good reason, certainly, uh, whether it is political unrest here in the United States or globally, um, financial unrest in a lot of situations, and especially with what's happening in China right now, the, this fear of the, the Evergrande Group, their real estate group in China, having a liquidity crisis here, looking like they're going to be defaulting on their debt by September 20th, uh, and the situation just continues to look dim. We've been covering this China story for some time. Their markets peaked in February of this year, looking at their ETFs, looking at their major indexes, all peaked in February, many of them down over 50% now from where they were just earlier this year. And it appears to be from a whole lot of self-inflicted wounds in China, whether it is the, their crackdown on tech companies, their crackdown on private education companies, because you can't have private uh, education in a communist society, having private educators deferring from what the state is saying, it's not what they want. <laughs> then you have these high profile disappearances from CEOs like Jack Ma and dozens of other high profile business executives just disappearing, making maybe an appearance on state media and that's it. And, and really odd appearances at that. Uh, so again, seeming like self-inflicted wounds coming from China. But now it's not only their markets, it's starting to appear like their economy is slowing as well. Home data showed that home sales slowed 20% year over year in August. Now, with that data coming out, China's second largest property developer, the one I mentioned earlier, Evergrande Group, is in the process of defaulting on their debt, saying they won't be able to pay their loan interest now in just four days on September 20th. Now, a little ironic, this is just 13 years now since the Lehman Brothers collapsed here in the United States, almost to the day. I believe it was yesterday was 13 year anniversary of the Lehman Brothers collapse. They're already seeing protesters outside of the Evergrande's building, uh, protesting, saying that they want their money back. Really some heartbreaking images and video that we've seen from over there. And it does not help that the CCP really hasn't announced any action that they're going to take on this yet. Been rather quiet. Uh, and let's take a look here at their major indexes on the day today. Uh, their indexes don't update perfectly on the system until the end of the day. But FXI, the China large cap ETF down another one and a half percent looking like it's on its way to making new 52 week lows here because we're not at extreme oversold territory just yet on any of these ETFs. ASHR, the other uh, large cap China ETF has held up much better than FXI still not looking very promising there. So we'll continue to report on this story here. We'll see if the CCP will be able to step up and flood the system with liquidity to hold up their markets here. But in our view, we wrote about this to members this morning, what we're seeing in China right now seems very similar 
to the way Japan looked in the 1990s, which led to a lost two decades of real estate prices in Japan. So in, in the 1990s, it began with Japan looking like it was going to take over the world. Parents were starting to teach their kids Japanese. U.S. businesses were using Japanese management practices. And then there looked like there were some cracks in the Japanese real estate market, which at the time, uh, the land around their the, the main palace, I'm forgetting the exact name of it right now, but in Japan was worth more than all of California real estate combined. Just incredible levels. Then the cracks started to show, led to some insolvency in Japan. That led to a two-decade bear market in Japanese real estate prices. So might be a little early to tell here, and China isn't Japan. Certainly, they're a communist, state-run, capitalist society. Uh, essentially what they are. Japan at the time was a democracy. So very different situations here. But interesting to make the comparison between the two and really the hope behind that them being similar would be that the financial stress that they're under there stays contained to China and doesn't spill over to other countries certainly will probably spread to other Asian countries, but could stay out of Europe, could stay out of Japan, could stay out of the United States and be a very localized event to where our markets could continue to rally even if uh, China does enter a bear market here. We'll be continuing to report on it as we have for months now, uh, so stay tuned on that as well. But looking at our U.S. markets here on the day today, again, bit of a mixed day here today. Uh, the close wasn't fantastic, but we got a week open, a nice rally into the day. That's what you want to see. Would have liked to have seen a strong close, but not a bad day at all. The NASDAQ up just over one-tenth of 1% 1 to 15,181. Next up, down on the day, the Russell 2000 down 0.07% to 2,232 on the day. Next up was the S&P 500 down 0.16% on the day to 4,473. And the Dow was our laggard on the day today. But here's really why I say that it wasn't a bad day today. We finished over 250 points off of the lows from today, at least. Uh, so that is good to see. You know, if we're really getting worried here, we'd be finishing at the lows of the day today. But the Dow down 0.18% to 34,751. Look at our internals on the day today. I saw an interesting tell from the market this morning when our markets were at the lows of the day. The internals made a little shift. They turned positive earlier in the session. Uh, so a strong signal from the internals here. We ended up finishing mixed on the day, but looking at the data closely, more of a mixed to positive day on a day like today. Advances beating out declines on the NASDAQ at least were positive on the NYSE until about 30 minutes, maybe 15 minutes before the close, but still really close on the NYSE. New 52-week highs to lows, the reverse here, nearly two to one positive on the NYSE, but slightly negative on the NASDAQ, really about even. And then lastly, volume came in positive on the NASDAQ today and slightly negative for the NYSE. But overall, again, on a day like today, we'll call this mixed to positive and certainly 
we've seen continued improvement here from the internals. Uh, so looking at our sectors on the day-to-day -day now, we finished with three out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day-to-day. -day. Consumer discretionary led the way. We were followed there by real estate and then technology, which makes sense. The NASDAQ was higher as well, but an important one here, something that we've seen kind of bucking the trend from this market, the semis remaining at all-time highs. They are at overbought levels here, have been for some time, but a market that goes up on overbought conditions almost certainly wants to continue heading higher. That's what we've gotten from the semis for, for really the month of September so far, consolidating around these all-time high levels. So got all-time highs again today, just up slightly 0.15%, but good to see. You want to see tech leading the market and semis leading tech that's what we got today then finally for today our vra commodity watch gold getting hit hard today now down 2.27 percent to 1754 an ounce silver now down an even bigger 3.7 percent on the day to 22 dollars and 91 cents an ounce copper down a similar 3.1 percent to four dollars and 26 cents a pound and oil Roughly flat on the day now, uh, down just 0.04% to $72.58 a barrel. And finally for today, Bitcoin now down 1.25%. Still, for all the Bitcoin bears out there, uh, this thing has continued to impress, even on a day like today where it's down, but we're still at 47470 a Bitcoin. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. Check us out on YouTube now as well to see the video uh, edition of the podcast every day at the market close as well. Uh, and then, of course, you can subscribe to receive these updates every day at the market close. Check us out at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. And, and while I'm talking about it, we've got a 14-day free trial going on right now as well for our VRA investment newsletter. So come join us, send us your questions, whatever you got. We'd love to have you with us. And thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.